when you're doing the most is you go through some things Sometimes I just feel like you're losing your place But these are the things you go through on a day You just gotta move on and you just had a face my brother, Leo Porile, Leo Pori. Remember that time, bro? You <laughs> insist on that, bro. Leo Pori. Yeah. Brother, thank you for coming on the pod. It's been a while. Um, thanks, thanks a lot. It's really an honor um to be to be featured on this, bro. Hi, key dog, and I know you listen to the podcast, and I appreciate that. So, having uh you on a uh, on the podcast as a listener. Um, as much as uh, as a as an individual yourself who is very accomplished and doing, you know, many things apart from uh, your UJ grind. I see you in hey in top things at thingy at UJ. Are you part of the rares or something <laughs> like that? Because I always see you post about that. Um. Yeah, bro. How's so um, earlier, earlier earlier on this year, um, I took the position as treasurer. Um, mm. Our house committee. Um, elected by by the house actually it's not like uh, i you know just gave myself that position i was elected yeah, yeah, by yeah. the house trusted by my by my brothers um so-called the golden gentleman um yeah and so far yeah bro um it's been a pleasant pleasant experience and i've served them well and i think they can literally back me up on that yeah nah shout out golden gentleman yes where does that name come from bro did you know all about so, that? Is that the name of the res yeah, so um, the name of the race is Opirif Men's Residence. Now, um, Opirif, in, you know, translated from Afrikaans, it means on the reef, right? Um, mm. So on the reef, it's, you know, our culture is the mining culture. Um, so you know that UJ is a very old institution. It started yeah. off as the Rand Afrikaans University. Yeah. And then that's when after the end of apartheid and then became University of Johannesburg. And our name has stuck with us since we are the first race, one of the first races to be built um, in UJ. Um, and then the other one is um, Cornerstone. But yeah, um, where I get the, where we get the, you know, whole culture of golden gentlemen is, you know, mining, you know, Joburg was very prominent. Oh yeah. Um, in terms of like gold mining and so yeah. on so we've sort of adopted the culture of miners and hence we call ourselves you know the golden gentleman because that is really what we stand for not only in our you know in our name but also in our personalities you know having a golden personality means being out there and sort of um creating value for mm. yourself and yeah mm. yeah 100 i think that's pretty similar in terms of uh taking some inspiration from the mining uh, culture and, you know, the lo- geographic location that you're in, in Johannesburg, uh, um, calling yes. yourself Golden Gentleman. That was really front of our minds when we were uh, starting the club and calling it Golden City. And, uh, you know, having having the, the club based in Johannesburg and specifically some of the lessons and the history of mining and what yes. golden means, bro. Like, like if, if you say you're golden, it's a, it's a very premium. You are expected to be of a certain level, you know, be of a certain of gold. You know, I mean, that standard, that golden standard that you can apply across, you know, many different aspects of your life that comes across pretty well there. So do you live yeah, at Rez correct. now? And then how is the, the um, culture there? I've been there once, bro, at UJ. <laughs> I was there, I think it was the Panting Road campus. I went to some yeah, coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah coffee shop there was a, there's a coffee shop there on it salted caramel smoothies bro yes yes yeah, and they, uh, come student back center. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, student center. uh student center you know you know you get the best food from there um just to answer your question yes i'm currently living in dress it's my third year here and um you know to 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 me the culture has stuck around for for quite some time i've adopted it and it really built my character and it developed me into becoming, I could say, you know, like a better man. Um, mm. Because, you know, when I when I first stepped into um Reef, it was more like I'm stepping in as an individual. And I think it's safe. Yeah, it's safe to say that I will definitely walk out as an individual who was supported by his brothers. You know, mm. just to expand on the, expand on the idea of uh, mining culture. Mm. In a mine, you cannot dig alone. You need a team. You need brothers. And Mm. that is exactly what our culture represents, that brotherhood. So we emphasize a lot on brotherhood because 
that's what the mining culture is and that's what we exactly you know we try to develop within ourselves when you step in here just know that you are not alone anymore you are now operif and whatever your struggles are whatever your wins are whatever you know that you are working on just know that you are not alone i can walk out of this room and ask anybody and knock on any door and ask for bread and trust and believe they will not hesitate to give me four slices of bread or even a loaf and be like you know what my brother here you go and that's the type of culture that we've you know, I've been introduced to. And I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy because I've never been in a boarding house before. I've never lived in a commune. I've always, you know, like high school, you know, you go to school, you come back home to your own room. And then, you know, like that's it. I'm not saying at home, we never had that culture of, mm, you know, mm. sharing and looking out for one another. But like, it's, you know, this is like a big family here. Yeah. And that's what I would say our culture is, just mm. to sum it up, yeah. Damn, what what has that experience of being in that culture and instilling all those values that you speak about there? What has your time at Opiriv taught you about yourself? What has it taught me about myself? Um, it has taught me that it has taught me that like I could, I have the capabilities of reaching new horizons. Um, there's more to life than just you know what's around me. Um. You know, I got to really explore. I got to get. I got to engage with people from different backgrounds, and I got to realize that. Um, in as much as I thought that, like, um, I was, I used to like struggle, and you know, growing up for me wasn't like really, you know, it wasn't lavish. You know, I've been through my own things, but I got to realize that there's people who are in far worse situations, mm. and here they are today. They are final year mechanical engineering students. You know, from the rural area, so it got. Like it got me, you know, sort of like to, yeah, to be also like creative, mm. um, to not only be confined to a certain level of thinking, you know, mm. um, getting to engage with these gentlemen. Yeah, these guys have brilliant ideas. We're talking about computer science. Um, you know, some of them are graduates, some of them are undergrads. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 crazy. You know, all of that summed up. Yeah, bro, I think that's such a what a what a progressive culture i think that's that that sort of culture should be it should be what is holding us down in south africans bro if we can look at each other and see each other as brothers and understand the fact that in the mind you can't dig alone i thought that was, that was a really powerful bar that you said there are there any individuals uh within the boarding house that you feel are uh what what in organizational psychology or specifically in sports cultures they call it a cultural architect so people who are you know absolutely important in embodying a certain culture and you know you look at those people and think they are the role models of that culture who are the influential um individuals that you've that you've come across in the past few years and you know what stuff have they taught Oof. you or what have you learned from them okay um yo let me let me let me take a step back to like um first year right yeah, yeah. um so first year in our um hk sort of like team right this is the house committee team um i have the position as like the treasurer then we've got the secretary and then we've got the deputy and then we've got um a person responsible for what we call socials and welfare um and then there is the prim who is basically like the head so since a mine is sort of like a what you call it? like a company yeah that mm. is that well, that's what we call ourselves actually the golden company so mm. we have your ceo your you know then it's the deputy and so on and then me as the treasurer so in my first year i got to meet and really be close with the then prim uh his his, his name is also known as britain that was his race name we all have race names here uh his his race name was britain because of his very you know gentleman type of you know personality and that is that 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 guy really um he played a huge role in changing the culture the previous culture rather um of 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 races you know we it was always it always used to be this thing of um so first years are gonna come in and then we sort of gonna scare them and bully them take them through initiation and he got <laughs> to really change the narrative 
for real you got to really change the narrative he was yeah. part of i don't know who else was involved in in, in the whole um transformation there, there was what we called a transformation program um and he said why should it be like that we we what we want to do is we want to integrate these people from different backgrounds these first years from different backgrounds and get to introduce them to life mm. because when you the minute you step out of high school and you get that certificate and you're in university now it's life it's Literally. no longer the teacher running behind your back it's now you um it's no longer mommy cooking for you a nice dinner it's now you so how exactly do we help um these people transition from that you know um it, it's a new thing obviously as a first year you know you come here and then the first week you're eating takeaways after some time you're like yo i can't really survive on takeaways number one my finances you know students hey we are very price sensitive. So exactly. everything, they just got to think, with your 10 rand, what do you do? Did you spend it wisely? So on, you know yeah. what I mean? So he's one of the guys that I could say are the architects of what res culture is today, actually. Yeah. Because, um, you know, like I'm saying, he took a very, very, very um, brave step you know, stepping out of the crowd and saying, no, but why should we do that? We shouldn't be doing that. You know, we shouldn't be just initiating. What are we teaching them? There's nothing that you are instilling that's going to benefit, that's going to provide sort of like a benefit to them in the future. So let us change that and come up with something that is more sustainable and something that can be passed down to the next generation. Um, so yeah, that's one individual. And then hmm, I've met many. <laughs> the second is our 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 current um prim, Utsakfato Mahlang, also known as Cotton Fest. Cotton um, Fest. Now that is his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is his name. Um, <laughs> you know, Cotton Fest emphasizes a lot on Ubuntu. Yeah, he emphasizes a lot on Ubuntu. He's one of those mm. guys, you know, like emphasizes a lot on Ubuntu. Like, you know what? You can't. You you can never work alone. There's you know, I remember he once mentioned something like there's no such thing as an independent person. You know, people are like, no, I'm independent. I'm self-made. Self-made, no, yeah. Aspects in, yeah, you know, there are aspects in your life that literally built you towards becoming this type of person, this success that you are. So mm. are you really self-made or are there elements that actually built you towards becoming, you know, that type of person? And that's what you talk about when you want to, um, you know, your, your sister you know, um, wakes you up in the morning and make sure that you are early, you know, for you to go to school and so on. That's Ubuntu. You know, she's trying to show you that, you know, she cares. And hey, that's in Jablan. Wake up, you know, you have to go to school. Remember that you have a future. It's your mom making for you lunch. So that in, it's your friends at school encouraging you. Hey, bro, remember that we got a test next week. Please study, bro. Mm. Um, you know, those, those study partners, your study groups and so on. He emphasizes a lot on that. And I've got to learn that, you know, I've always become, I've always been, I mean, um, that type of person who is enclosed. Um, you just, you work a lot. You know me, you know, from high school, like, you're just yeah. that guy, you know. Very independent. I don't, so exactly, like, I don't need, yeah, you know, like, I don't need anyone's help. I can do this alone. Why should life be like that? Why can't we work hand in hand and hmm. all achieve what we can? Because, um. I remember in the podcast with VI and Sonic, VI mentioned, I don't know if it was VI or Sonic who mentioned that um, two minds work greater than one. Mm. You know, I've, I've got to really practice that, that theory and it has benefited me towards becoming the person that I am today. I am not going to stand here and say that um, my role as a senior business analyst at the tech company was solely because of me. No, 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 no. It was that friend that called me and said, hey, um, friend, just check out this post. I think you are suitable. You're a suitable candidate for this. And me saying, ah, but like, am I? But then it took those words. It's okay, I know. Let me, you know, apply from internship, internship, turnover to junior business analyst from junior. Now you're senior business analyst at the age 21. So it wasn't just me. It was literally that person encouraging me. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's another individual Bro. who caught in faith taught me that no uh, we work hand in hand yeah this is this is life uh guys you can't live alone it is group work but yeah. there's 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 certain yeah. uh there's certain disadvantages to that for me as you saw with the pandemic because the pandemic was literally group work bro because you had to yeah. rely on your neighbor and your friend and your family friend or whoever 
or just a normal citizen to follow the rules. And some choose not to follow the rules. And that's what makes group work in that sense hard. But in terms of everything else you're speaking about, about that camaraderie, about helping each other, you know, doing things collectively, that's, that, that's, uh, what's the word? It's, it's admirable to know that that is happening within a res. You know what I mean? Because reses can be, you know, they can be perceived as places where a lot of bullying happens and you speak about initiation there. Uh, first years especially feel, you know, you feel oppressed, if I want to put it that way. At least I know from men's res, bro. Hey, man, I went to men's res, bro. First year, although it was only two, three weeks, because um, on the third week, that's when Ramaphosa came on with that uh, very famous or infamous rather, that very infamous uh, state of the nation address when he basically <laughs> announced a lockdown and that was the end of my university experience. Lockdown. But, you know, that two, three weeks, bro, true, but bro. So knowing that, you know, this <laughs> is something that is not happening across the board and these places that are as progressive as um, your res in, in UJ, that's pretty uh, encouraging to hear, bro. I saw you were at a, a, a TEDx event early on um, today what was that about bro um so okay um i you know like when these adverts come up you know when you log on to like your you link and to your i don't know what you call them these um like you know when you say events what are, then you log in as a yeah, yeah. Uh, portal advertisement yeah the portal yes yes yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. and then i could i could see there it was like okay i'm tedx and i was like oh you know what i've never attended a tedx function in my life I've just seen the videos on YouTube. Um, in Pioneer, I remember Nova. They used to play a lot of, you know, TEDx, um, these these talks mm. and people basically expressing their ideas mm. and you know and so on. So I was like, okay, no, let me take um the initiative of actually attending, you know, a TEDx function. And yeah, it was it was it was a splendid experience. Um, I got to really, you know, expand my 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 creativity, my you know, knowledge, and I got to generate ideas as and when um, these personalities were, were, were speaking. Um, and the theme was reconnecting, all right? And what I learned was um, sometimes we need to take a step back and reconnect to who we are, um, where we come from. You know, as a child, what are the habits that we used to you know, um, um, the habits that we used to do, you know what I mean? The personalities. Um, and then I think we had a speaker, her name goes by, she's actually a presenter on, on, on carte blanche. She's an investigative journalist. Yes. Mm -hmm. Claire Mawisa. Yes. And she mentioned something like, you know, growing up, I always used to talk a lot and in her report card, her primary school report card, um, it always used to mention there, um, she's a very, you know, bright kid. However, she talks a lot. And can she please, you know, tone it down? You know, parents, please, can she tone it down in the next term? Because she's distracting other learners. And that sounds familiar. You know, you, you know <laughs> later on, later on, look at her. She's, a, she's an investigative journalist. She's an interviewer. She's a motivational speaker because that was her gift. And as children, we always, you know, adults always try to, um, limit children you know like hey, when you talk too much stop talking too much but that's a talent right there that person could be the future presenter of this country that mm. person could be interviewing the president one day and you're limiting so um before she embarked on this journey you know this journalism journey she reconnected with um her younger self wow. and she saw that okay no when i was young my parents used to you know no you're talking too much just tone down a bit but that's my talent and how about i put this talent into practice and basically use it to the betterment of this society and i mean I, everyone can can literally account to that her work as an investigative journalist on carte blanche definitely changes the world it changes society it makes us realize um you know, those mistakes that we do and, you know, the things that are happening behind closed doors, for example, in like government, politics and so on. So, yeah, that was the main topic, um, reconnecting, reconnecting with your younger oh. self, 
reconnecting with who you are, where you're from, and where you want to see yourself. And that is basically the strategy of life. If you don't know where you're headed to, reconnect with your talents, reconnect with your dreams. What have you always wanted to become? Sometimes, yes, we are demotivated. You know, over the years, you you you, you know, you used to love playing soccer. You get to this high school and they're like, hey, there's no soccer here. We're in academic school. <laughs> We're in academic school. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, that line, bro. Hey, and, shattered our you know, dreams, bro. Uh, you know, and then you're just like, <laughs> ah, but you've always been good, you know, with soccer. Reconnect with your younger self and just, you know, take a step back. Bro. Oh, bro. That's so powerful. So and I love that you said that because that is... Yeah. It is so, um, that's the foundational message of one of the best books I've ever read. It's called Mastery by Robert Greene. He's the guy that wrote the 48 Laws of Power. And in Mastery, he speaks about exactly what you're speaking about right now, where take a step back when you are, basically it's a book uh, about how to, not directly, it doesn't, it's not a self-help book in that way, but it uses the experiences and um, the, 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 the methods of people in history. So people like uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, Albert Einstein, um, there's a whole lot of other names who are there. And Benjamin Franklin is there as well. They use their stories and take tips from their journeys, you know, that go 100, 100 years, 200 years, because these stories are like really, really ancient. But he picks yeah. out the things that really matter in terms of how can you use these skills to ensure that you, you master something in your life. So if you can use that in your career, when you are picking or you're in a certain uh, junction of your life where a juncture rather of your life where you're picking what you really want to do with your life or you want to get a sense of how you're going to spend the rest of your life professionally. What he says is that you step back and reconnect to what he calls your primal instincts. So when you were a child, think back to when you were a child, as you're saying right now, bro, it seems like it's, it's literally a photocopy of what you're saying, but reconnect yeah. to that primal instinct that you had. And think, when you were a child, what were the things that you liked most? You know, what are the things that you enjoyed most? What are the things that brought a smile to your face? What are the things that stimulated you and, you know, really invigorated you when you were doing something? Was it drawing? Was it uh, figuring out how to make a puzzle? Was it um, physical activity? You know, really think about what were the things that you loved as a child, because as a child, you're not faking it, bro. You're not liking something because True. these days, social media tells you that you must like this sort of thing, or this is where the hype is. When you're a child, when you love something, you truly love it because that is just you. That is the, the formative aspect that you're trying to build within yourself and an activity yes. that you want you to define what you love as, as a child. So thinking back and really having a, a long thoughts about what were the things I loved as a child and how can I use that and integrate that possibly to what I want to do in the future? Because if you're stuck in a career that you hate, bro, like people, people commit suicide off that. Bro. I hear like yeah. many yeah. lawyers, for example, and, you know, cause I'm in the legal fraternity. I hear about these stories a lot of lawyers um, basically at some point in their lives or say after five, 10 years of practicing, and they know that they're stuck in something that they don't love. I mean, the money can be great, but if it's truly something that you're not willing to, to work for and suffer for at times, because it, it's not that sexy at all. It can be some really cutthroat yes. work that you work with there, yeah. you know, and they find, a, they find these stories about lawyers after five, 10 years, they go into alcohol or they take drugs or they commit suicide. So that's just an extreme example, really, of Correct. the decision that you take right now of what career you want or What's your vocation? If you're not going to connect that to your primal instincts, if you're not going to connect that to your childhood and what you love in your childhood, you, you'll you face some problems in the future. Um, that's that's the patterns that I've Correct. come across. So the fact that you are aware of that and that's what you took out of the TED Talk is really powerful. Correct, correct, bro. And I think also it doesn't, it, it also um, sums down to adults and how exactly we raise our kids, you know. Um, mm. since, since we are aware of, since I am aware, let me speak as an individual now, since I am aware um, of the idea of reconnecting, 
um, you know, as a future father, I'd like to think so. As a future father, um, it, it, mm. it would be very vital for me to get to learn the personality traits of my child. And, mm. you know, those things, you know, those kids who we say are troublemakers, you know, you get to tap into what exactly are they doing? Yes. You know, like, okay, this one, this one likes fighting. Let me put him into a, you know, karate school that can teach him discipline, when to fight. Is that and, what your father you know, did? Uh, n- not even ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, my time was more my was more you know traditional you know, hey, those traditional timers they don't even, yeah karate and counseling <laughs> yeah but, but counseling hey yo you know <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah. i mean you, you also apart from uh fighting and uh you know mixed martial arts and boxing and whatnot and like you know combat sports you really love cars and i mean you still do love cars bro but it was from such a young age bro like yeah, grade yeah, three grade four you could you could really um you could really see from an outside point of view that this is a passion of yours and this is something you you spend the whole break talking about and debating yeah. with people uh speaking about drag races i remember yeah. those days and all they when you used to call yes. um, transport drivers yes. by the <laughs> by the number plate remember cry bro is he still alive yeah yeah yes you're right yeah. <laughs> So you I know, wonder. those sorts of things were something <laughs> I, that I, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> it kept you ticking, bro. So, you know, things like cars, is that something that yeah. you are some in some sort of way uh, integrating into what you want to do in the next, you know, few years or a couple of decades in your life? Because I know it's something um, that you absolutely love. And I, I see that you continue to, to attend uh, shows and drag races and all these car exhibitions so clearly yeah. that's something you have you know sort of integrated from your childhood so it's almost like a practical application while we talk yeah. about um people. yeah so i think this sums down to exactly what i said about you know as adults we need to get to you know assess our children's personality traits and so mm. on because i was you know, told a lot, oh, right, man, don't concentrate on cars, you know, mechanics don't make money, man, just go to school, you know, focus on, you know, school and so that you can have a better future. So, um, okay, so just to answer your question, um, I am very much still into cars. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm involved in a lot of projects, um, like me now, you know, I, you know yeah, yeah. don't you own one? Yeah, you know, yeah, I do, um, three actually, not one. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like three. Been, wow. Yeah, bro. Yeah, do you get yeah. them? How those do you buy been, them, bro? How do you get a how do you obtain them, bro? Okay, so what had happened was um towards the end of my matric year, um, uh, my dad, uh, we I saved up some money. Um, and then my dad also, you know, coughed in a bit of money. My grandpa yeah. also coughed in like a bit of money. Yeah. And then uh, I was set to buy this red four-door uh, cv uh, very much connected to that car and yeah unfortunately due to funds someone else just came with the full bulk of money and i was like seventy-five thousand. yeah i'm buying this car and Ish. then obviously me who's got half that amount is like i chief you'll see that was like oh, okay nah, it's okay you know it was it, it hurt me very much because i used to call it my car nonetheless and then took a step back okay um and then it was towards the end of my first year. Um, I was working at the time, so I saved up money. Literally looking broke, spending 200 rand on myself and just saving up money, saving up, saving up, saving up. And yeah, same thing. I approached my grandmother and said, yo, Coco, please, you know, there's this car that I want, you know. And she was like, okay, no, I, uh, you know, I'll give you like, a, you know, quarter of the amount, okay, fine. And then I gathered all that money and paid for the car and when my grand saw it she was like you got to be kidding me you be talking about a car that has no engine <laughs> the seats are ragged up and like everything is just a mess what is this that you know mm. what is this and i said uh it's a it's a it's a three two five it's a two door it's a project car this car is a unicorn it's very rare in south africa my grand was like way yeah I like to say I bought it myself because I literally struggled for that car. And yeah, I built the car. And then um, that is when that is when I got my second one, um, the four-door. Now, the four-door was also savings. Um, very cheap. It was rusted, but I managed to build it. Um, and I completed it first before the first project car ever came, the two-door, mm. so that I can um, use that money to 
completes the two door right and mm. then yeah um i sold it and then instead of finishing off the two door <laughs> i got another extra two cars and those are all three of my project cars three of my problems that i'm currently sitting with damn um you call yeah, them projects but, but, even yeah projects because you know um i'm i live the i'm the car guy you know i live the car guy life um i don't just buy cars drive them and then the next day i sell it no 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 it's like i buy cars rebuild them and this it's like an art piece for me it's a mm. blank canvas i get you know painted and it becomes this beautiful artwork and then i keep it then yes after some time when it has gathered some value then i sell it and yeah that's basically that's what i do yeah hmm. so you, yeah. You, you clearly are a car enthusiast bro like no one yes. no one would go to 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 the length that you go to to make you know a car seem like their own creation because that's what you're doing basically bro you're buying cars that are um you know as your as your granny was so surprised bro what's this now bro and you <laughs> going to develop it and modify it yourself bro so where does that desire come from what what's the difference between or the difference in the satisfaction that you get from that um compared to saying you know buying a car straight from the dealer Okay, um, so car guys, now you see, like original car guys have that mentality that, um, now nah, these new cars are not are not real cars. The real cars, are, you know, the classics. Um, e an E thirty, we call it E thirties or Kushesh. They're very much of like a classic. They classify it as like classic cars, and um, there's a lot of value in in that. This is we're talking about evolutions of BMW. Um, dating back from when they first started with, you know, their coupes, for example, the start of their coupes, the start of this evolution. You know, today we see your M3s and M4s, and then us car guys were like, hey, but you know, the predecessor of this um, M3 was an E36 or an E34, and that was a very iconic car back in the day. You know what I mean? So you know, yeah. So that's that's there's different type of car guys. You know, there's car guys that focus on more on like classic cars. There's those that like the new cars. There's those that like you know your four by four off roading. There's those that just yeah. Then there's people that just like cars on J. You know, like you buy a car, you drive it, and then when the new one comes, you just sell the old one, and then yeah. So us, we focus more on. Um, you know, those classic cars, they have a lot of value. So yes. over the years, they build up, you know, they build up value. So we focus more on rebuilding those cars um, and rebuilding them to make them like as new as they were back then. Mm. Um, even though they've got slightly modern touches to it, but, yeah. you know, just also getting a feel of that classic. And yeah keeping that car you know in your garage taking it out you know over the weekends you know with the guys um that's basically like you know the car culture especially in the e30 community um and keeping those cars maybe one day for like my younger siblings or for my son day in the future he'll be driving this car and today you know your three to five is go for 1.3 million Back in the day, I was looking at an, uh, a page from Auto Trader, right? It was, I think, the 1990s. Um, a 325IS was 53K. Today, we're talking about 1 mm. million, 800K, you know? So look at that value that it has, you know, the appreciated value of it over the years. And yeah, that's, that's, I'm that type of car guy. Um, and that's basically what I focus on. And also, my dad owned, um, you know, Ethers, so I took it from him. You know, I'm a kushenge. Um, going to the townships and just seeing these kids and becoming one of those kids. You're like, yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to own a car like that. And the funny thing is, when you, I'm gonna now date back to when we were talking about, um, you know, like the whole thing of like reconnecting and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was young, I actually manifested that my first car will be. A 325, it will be a Kushesha. Um, and when I got my, it wasn't really like my first car, it was my dad's car, but I was using it a lot. It was a Nissan Almer. And on the last day I drove it, it broke down completely. The car just broke down, just didn't want to like work anymore. And on the day I sold it, the guy who bought the car started the car and it worked properly. And I was like, what? Okay, what's happening? And today I get to think to myself, I'm like, no, but what if? That was the universe trying to tell me that, nah, chief, this is not your first car. 
Mm. When, when you were young, it said you want uh, a gusheshe, and that is exactly what you get. And I mean, today I could proudly say that my first car um, is, a, you know, like a three two five. So you know, those are the type of things that we should also look at. <laughs> Back to you know, reconnect and all of yeah. that. Um, I emphasize a lot on that. Yeah, there's certain 100%. things that we also manifest that we don't that we don't like realize. And yeah, hundred percent, bro. Do do you believe in the universe? And you speak about um, manifesting there. Is, there. is that something that yeah. you you actively do? Yes, yes, yes. So I'm a believer in spirituality. Mm. Um, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily the religious type. I just I just I really have this perception that I don't mean to offend anyone, by the way. And everybody's like, you know, believe stuff. But yeah, sure. religion for me, it's more of it's based off of someone someone else's experiences and spirituality is literally like based off of your own experience and how you handle things in your current you know state in the circumstances that you're in currently Mm. and i'm a big believer in also meditating um and just reconnecting because we are in energy we are elements of energy right we are entities of energy in this universe we are those little you know like energy balls that are feeding off of you know the world the world provides energy to us um our spirits that's energy you know when you think that's energy our brain requires energy for us to think so i'm a big believer in yeah you know spirituality and you know manifesting things that will come to reality because that's you basically communicating your thoughts and your dreams to you know the universe communicating your thoughts and your dreams to your ancestors yes. your, or rather your angels and so on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a believer in that and it has worked well for me um, so far. And yeah. For you is manifestation. Um, is it verbal affirmations? Is it self-talk or, and is it action? Cause I hear, you know, a lot of people, there's, there's a misconception that happens where if you, the idea is that if you manifest and if you sit there and you, you think about a certain thing and you really meditate on it and you do all these different affirmations when you wake up in the morning or when you sleep at night, whatever you want will happen without you putting in that action, without you putting in that work. So uh, in those, those types of approaches to meditation, I mean, not meditation, manifestation, there could be better information or better knowledge around that bro and not to uh, mislead people into thinking that you can sit on your couch all day and because you manifest in some way the universe will give you what you want at some point so how important is action for you i know you are you you're probably one of the most hardworking uh, individuals i know so how important is that action and that work for you in that process of manifestation and achieving whatever goals you're looking out to achieve for yourself Okay, so I follow um, Sadhguru. Sadhguru is yes, literally like yeah, you know, you know Sadhguru. Yeah, he speaks there's the yogi a lot about you know, yeah, the yogi. Um, yeah, yeah. He speaks a lot about spirituality, and his is not really within the Indian, you know, community or the Hinduism and all that. It's more like expanding on different, you know, people's beliefs and religions and so on. Yes. So I believe a lot in action taking action being action oriented instead of just sitting on the couch and saying no one day i'm going to be the greatest no um manifestation requires a lot of deep thinking it requires a very realistic approach it requires somebody who is not lazy manifestation when i say it requires deep thinking um you cannot manifest something that cannot really come to reality you know Mm. i can't manifest myself um being the next let's say lewis hamilton whereas sure. i don't i don't even i don't even have an idea what f1 is mm. i don't even have any sort of connection with f1 for example um not me though but like you know someone random out there you know what i mean yeah so it requires a lot of deep thinking and like i said it requires a lot of introspection reconnecting looking at your strengths and your weaknesses that is only where your manifestations can happen and it requires you to stand up and do something about it. It's really hard for a manifestation to happen, you know, to, 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 to become realistic 
um, when you are not doing anything. You're not really helping it, you know. Um, same, same goes with prayer. You can't pray about something and then just sit on your bed and hope that, mm. you know, this thing will just appear in front of you in jail. No, you got to stand up and you, you have to help it too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah, so I'm a believer in, you know, you, you have to take action. I know that it's very hard for people. People will be like, no, but like I've been spending five years trying to build my business and so on. Yes, it don't happen instantly, but trust and believe it's going to happen at some point. You just got to keep pushing, keep pushing, and keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that idea and that message of keep pushing, keep pushing, be patient, work hard, work smart, grind, be patient, keep pushing, keep pushing. It's not sexy. It's not the, 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 it's not the idea that people have for themselves. You know, people, especially in this Definitely. age, we're very focused on instant gratification and we want things now. Definitely. And we, Definitely. we seem to reject the idea that for you to actually achieve something great or whatever you set out for yourself, it's going to take a lot of time to actually happen the way you want it to happen. And it might even not happen the way you want it to happen or it might not Definitely. happen at all. You know, Definitely. so those are the possibilities that are available when you set out on a path. You know what I mean? And I know that you are on a path right now. You've got a lot of things going on and you clearly work hard. But something I've been realizing in my own life, right, as we, we, we have, we've got things going on. We're not only students, we've got other passions and businesses that we have. You've got a job as a senior business analyst. What's the, what's the cost, bro? What is the cost of our ambition, especially at this young age that we are right now? Mm. Like what is the, mm. the cost of really wanting to master whatever career paths or whatever subjects or whatever interests that we set out for ourselves and passions that we love? What is the cost of at times having to sacrifice time with your friends and family because you've got to do your work or there's something yeah. you've got to do at school or there's some business that you have to take care of? What is the cost yeah. of you missing that social interaction? What is the cost of you not being a balanced person? Because mm -hmm. for most of your life, or in our case, for most of our 20s, we're just going to be working fucking hard at every single thing that is upon us. But what is the True. cost, bro? And that's something True. I've been seeing now. You know, when I look mm -hmm. at uh, my relationships, although I'm absolutely happy with the relationships I have in my life, I've got an incredible group of uh, friends. I've got incredible family. But the cost that your pursue or the cost of your quest to whatever your mission or your, whatever your life vision is, the cost of that on your family and everything else that matters, bro, it's, it's starting to dawn on me because I see it in my everyday life in terms of yes. the amount of time I spend on work and school apart from my family. You know, like I'm only, only starting to really understand now and starting to discover for myself what the cost of this ambition is going to be for us in the next few years. Yeah, that's, very, that's a very deep topic, by the way. You know, I, I live a very hectic, I live a very hectic life daily and even though to the eyes of the public it might seem like ah, he's got this all on all in his you know like he's got the bag man. like he's got all his strings attached and so mm -hmm. on it's it's it's, it's really hard it, it takes a huge toll on you because you know i'm i believe that life is life is opportunity cost life is opportunity cost you can't have the best of everything there's certain things that you have to sacrifice in order for you to you know succeed in others and that includes, for example, spending time with like family and so on. But I think it is essential that at some point when we feel like we are at the brink of burning out, just let go. Just let go for a few minutes and focus on, for example, like spending time with your family, you know, disconnect from this busy and stressful life. You know, even as a student, we have what we call a recess breaks. Utilize that. I know that we have a very short, what you call it, study period in terms mm -hmm. of like the year and the curriculum and so on. But please just give yourself time to disconnect from work, disconnect from, you know, school and so on. So that when you bounce back, you have the energy to just, you know, keep pushing. The extent to which we need to work hard, it's, it's life, bro. It's life. And unfortunately, life is like that. Life is unfair. If you're not going to work hard, you know, if you're not going to wake up while others are sleeping, 
if you're gonna sleep while others are up, you're gonna get left behind. That's that's life. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Life is very brutal. You know what I mean. Mm. It, it literally doesn't care. You can decide to drop out of school. You can decide to drop out of hosting podcasts and building yourself. You know, as 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 a, as a brand. You know, and you go to the streets and become a beggar and a drug user. Life doesn't care. It won't tell you, hey, come back. You know, it won't spoon feed you. That's just how life is. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but that's not how life is supposed to be. Yeah, that's not how life is supposed to be, but that's what it is. Mm. That's reality. Let us just cut to the chase. Let us not sugarcoat things and try to make it seem like that's just how life is. Um, it's very much unfair. Um, yes, we are hoping for it to be different. We'd love for it to be different, but that's just how it is. I was, I had a, I had a conversation yesterday with Mr. Vusi Tembogwayo. Mr. Vusi Tembogwayo. Um, yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Vusi Tembogwayo. Yeah, on, hey, on, on 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 WhatsApp. Are you related to something? I was fortunate <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, 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 not even, not even. My dad does events, so he had a. There was a company I forgot what's the name. Um, that hired him to basically have these talk sessions yeah, and yeah, motivational yeah. speaking with their employees. That was part of like the internal growth strategy. Yeah. And they had Mr. VT there. Then my dad was like, ah, eh, this guy, he's, he definitely sounds like my son, you know? So I'm just going to try to, you know, um, pester him a bit, you know, get his numbers, his email address, personal email address. And yeah, this was last year on the 14th of Jan. I remember I sent him a, a text and I was like, hey, I was very, hey, I was scared because, you know, you're talking about an individual who's very prominent, the, you know, business industry and so on. So um, yesterday he posted something on Instagram. Um, he said, do not show off in public what you prayed for in public. That stains the blessings of your maker by reducing them to a like, a comment or a repost, right? Okay. Mm. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to connect this with the idea of how hard do we have to work. You know, Sometimes it's not really about I'm going to work hard so that I can succeed. In this generation, it's more about I'm going to work hard so that when I succeed, I can show my peers. You know, we live, we, we, we're in that era, we're in that period now yes. whereby everybody's looking at everyone's achievements and yes. we are pressurized by that. And I told mm. him, I'm like, I'm, you know, like I'm 21 and I'm at a stage where peers are constantly looking at how far we have come in life and the achievements we've made. You know, I've constantly tried to show them my progress and the things that I've reached and the things that I've silently prayed for, you know what I mean? And there's things that like I've, I've lost. And by things that I've lost, I don't mean materialistic things. I've lost touch with like my true self. Um, I've lost touch with what I really want, you know, doing things that would impress others, you know? So also in our journeys, let us not work hard and burn ourselves out just to light somebody else's candle. Bro, and I think... That's something um, from a personal point of view that at least in the last, say, 18 months I've been really working on because it's something, it's a weakness that, uh, that, that I've obliterated where you, you, you achieve something or there's something that, uh, that's great that happens to you and your first instinct is to share this with your friends on Instagram or WhatsApp. I don't, I don't even sort of like disgusted I don't want to seem too hard on myself, but at times I'm just like, ah, yuck. I actually used to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's yeah. like an absolute complete opposite because everything I do now is for my family and it's for my future family. And yes. if, I'm not, if, not, if I'm not impressing those two people or those two groups of individuals, then I'm not impressing, I'm not really doing much, bro. You know what I mean? So yeah. their standard and their approval of what i am doing at this moment in time that's what matters to me now bro and it took a process yes. for me to actually understand that to actually understand that yes. when i get a certain new position somewhere or when i launch a new podcast obviously podcasts need to be marketed and whatnot but you know the the, the real things that actually matter and the achievements that again that i silently pray for at home in my bed in my room and then when it comes out that it actually happens, the first instinct is for me to post it on, on my Instagram, on my WhatsApp, so it, other people see. So then what happens? So they say, oh, great, Jabu, wow, so happy for you. And is that it, bro? But that's the, I feel like that's the drug that people have become hooked to, social approval. Yes. yes. You know, someone retweeting, 
bro, someone retweeting something that you said, it makes you feel great about yourself and your opinions. Come on, bro. Yes. Like, is, yeah. is that the level yeah. that we're working at now, bro? You know? Yes. So that's something yeah. I've had to self-engineer out of myself, bro. You mm. know? And that's mm. why it's so, mm. it's so relatable as you speak about it right now, because I was that, bro. I was mm. that, bro. Mm. And it's something yeah. that completely has, 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 has come out of my life through my own work, bro. My own work yes. on myself and my own, you know, my own acceptance that this is actually happening. My own admitting that this is actually something that I do, bro, and I need to fix it, you know. To come to this point now, mm. it's an absolute mm. complete mm. opposite where I get opportunities or mm. um, achievements, uh, so to say. And I don't post it at all, bro. <clears throat> like if my, 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 yeah. my friends know about it, if my family knows about it, if my girl knows about it, that's all who should know, bro. Like there shouldn't be another group of people that yes. you support to, bro, on your career progress or on yes. your personal life or yes. which car you have now. I've never seen you yes. whenever you bought your 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 cars. I, I didn't see you like post some status or on Instagram showing that you've got a new car. We just see you driving it. Yes. That's how it should be. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Like what's yes. the yes. what's the value and what's the use of flaunting out and showing off your achievements, bro? I think that's uh, that's something that uh, society has become hooked to and social media doesn't help with improving that problem. Correct, bro. And that basically makes you a person who sees validation from external people. And you know, when you have external factors affect your life, that is very bad. Because now even the people who are genuinely congratulating you and are genuinely happy for you, you don't get to recognize and acknowledge their um, 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 applause, you know, you don't, you don't get to recognize that because you're looking at the outside people or no, and uh, no, I see mom and dad shop, you know, from social media said, um, yeah, but you, are you not doing enough or, oh, well done. You know, you, you're just seeking a lot of well done's from people that don't really matter from exactly. people that weren't even there, that weren't even there when you literally had to build from scratch. So yeah, bro, and this this connects to what we're speaking about, you know, just now, um, in terms of how far do you have to go? Sometimes you don't even have to work ten times as hard, bro, just because Ujab was working ten times as hard. Life is a marathon. I run at my own pace. I'm gonna run five times as hard, not ten times. Um, we all have different capabilities. It's people who literally can push the whole year, twenty four seven. 16 hours or like whatever hours story. Um, per day working working work and they don't suffer burnout and you feel like no i'm not doing enough and then you do the same thing but like yeah it takes a toll on you so in terms yeah. of you know the extent to which we need to go to just work at your own pace things will come at their own time just work at your own pace don't look at what someone else is doing and think that you can do the same yes you can you may have the capabilities can motivate you but eh, we are all different that's so true, bro. We we both different. People have different inclinations. People have different uh, skill sets. People have different capabilities. People have different levels of endurance and perseverance. So, Correct. you know, judging yourself or comparing yourself to other people, that's, it'll just never work. But as much as we always, we, we know that is, we know that to be a truth, right? That you shouldn't yeah. compare yourself to people, but it still happens. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's yeah, the thing, true. it still happens. So like almost teaching or teaching people to unlearn that, that, that destructive thought, it's a pretty hard thing to do. And I'm sure it will take lifetimes or it'll just not ever happen because this is just human nature, bro. People always want to see, yeah. always looking, looking on their sides, you know, who's here with me? Who am I competing with? Who are my competitors? You know, who's made, who's had a W that now I need to, be jealous about and fuel my own ambition and also work as hard it's human nature for people just to always look at their sides and see yeah am i doing better than this person because it makes them feel better about themselves bro and that's a sad thing Correct. that happens you know what i Correct. mean but and, and, wait, yeah. and i mean i mean i mean there's, there's there's nothing there's nothing entirely wrong with that but if you make your life centric towards looking at other people that becomes a problem exactly and yeah that's something yeah. that Again, it's just human nature. I don't know if uh, people will actively take that out of their systems. I know there's people like myself and you clearly who 
who um do not do that, bro. Like, why compare yourself? Why not take inspiration from someone else, bro? Yes. I think that's the best yes. approach. And the approach that has always worked for me, the approach that really I was taught from a from a young age, bro. If someone else is Correct. winning, if your brother is winning, you spoke about your, your the culture for the golden gentleman. When someone else is winning, let's celebrate them. When someone else gets a certain position or they get a car or someone gets a new job or someone passes a test, the exam, graduates, whatever, let us all celebrate in winning and not be, not be people who want to see that as a threat, bro. I think that's something, especially in black people, bro. That's a, that's a really black thing, bro. It's a black thing for, for you to always feel, you know, that you are undermined when someone else gets something great that you don't have, bro. It's a black thing, bro. It really is a black thing. So I don't know how we fix it, bro, honestly, but clearly it's a problem that we all have. Just on going back to the cost of, you know, all that we do and just putting the spotlight on you, Spoken for the past hour about uh, your interests, your your all that you've got going on currently, some of insights into your mindset. You are a business analyst. You are a car enthusiast. You are a treasurer for your res. You are on top of all of that a student. What does it take to be Neopodili? Like what what? What have you learned about your current journey and yourself in terms of doing this day in, day out and keeping a certain level of high performance in your life with everything that you've got going on? How is it to be you, bro? Yo, to be a nail body. Discipline. Um, yeah, discipline, bro. Um, I don't even know what else I could elaborate on this, but like discipline, having the you know capability to say stick to your plan never diverts never allow yourself being disciplined it means being able to manage your time accordingly number one because we are living literally on borrowed time each and every minute counts the hour that i spent with you right now it counts and it will benefit me because i've there, there are certain things that i've learned um from the conversation i've had with you um, in this in this session, managing your time accordingly, keeping your circle, keeping a valuable circle. A valuable there is no circle. point of having yes, there is no point of having a small circle of people who will literally not provide value and input in your life. People who will not mm. change you, or people who will not let you explore other you know aspects. Who will not let you explore political topics, um, topics, you know centered around like the world and how we live society economics and so on you know those things it there's really no point in having a small circle of people that are not valuable that will not provide value so your my circle can be big i could have a network of big people you know like a lot of people that are valuable and you could have a small circle but still you're not prospering it doesn't matter. The size of a circle doesn't matter. It's the value that matters. Um, mm. That's what it takes to be an Alpodil. It's being able to analyze those things and analyze the environment at which you live in. I, I, I watch news a lot. Uh, and it started now, right now, recently in varsity. Because, you know, in primary school, high school, you just don't care about those things. Current affairs and all that. Like, ah, boring. But now I've sort of learned that whatever that I watch on the news, it can affect me in many ways so being an analytical person that's who now is you know mm. getting to analyze your environment you know and like i said analyze your, your 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 surroundings analyze your circle providing value and also learning to shut up and listen get knowledge i'm very good at talking you know i'm very good at like elaborating myself and my ideas and you know basically being that man who's in the room that you know speaks but it takes someone that can keep quiet and listen to mm. the conversations that are happening around the room so that one day i can you know so that i can pro uh, process that and provide my input along with the inputs of others because i i i, I get a lot you know i obtain a lot from from 
the minds of others, their yes. mentalities and so on. So that that's who now Bodile is. You know, he gets to listen. Okay, this one is talking about a topic that I do not know. <laughs> um, and funny enough, and an example of that. So um, two years ago, I attended a business function. It was actually a strategy meeting, uh, a sales and marketing strategy meeting at Grindstone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in in um, what you call it? Uh, waterfall near Midrand, I think. Sure. Yes. And then there was this huge Nescafe coffee machine, and I was so intrigued. And this lady stood by, you know, and I greeted her, like, good day, how are you? And I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks, you know. And then she's like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, okay, here's that question. No, I'm a junior business <laughs> you know, um, the tech company, you know, this is what we do, mm-hmm. teaching people front end, back end uh, development, and so on. And I said, what do you do for a living? And she said, I'm head of production, Nescafe in Africa. I'm like, oh, damn. And then she's like, she gives me, you know, insights on coffee, how it's produced, how to even drink coffee, how different types of coffee is made and so on. And today at the TEDx um, 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 function that I attended, there was this man who was like, um, he was like, uh, do you, what, 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 you know, do you like filtered coffee? Because he saw that I was, I was, um, I had opened um the, uh, what you call it a bottle of jacobs instead of like the filtered coffee it's like do you like filtered coffee i'm like nah you know filtered coffee i don't like the way it's processed blah blah and this is me literally giving him information that was passed down from that lady mm. two years ago there at Brandstone. and now it makes it seem like and he's like how do you know so much about coffee and i'm like mm, it's listening listening is a skill that's what it, yeah that's you know that's that's who i am that's what that's who neopoile is um as well as perseverance consistency um you know you could name uh, yeah but those are literally like the few and they are part of my values and who i am as a person and when i wake up those are the things that i definitely consider and i remind myself each and every day that a this is who you are it's another day continue being who you are tackle new opportunities challenges and so on yeah that's what it takes to be now bodied. and another thing is not giving up Hey, now we're going to touch on another topic. You know, it's not only not giving up, but realizing when to give up. Mm. There are many um, challenges. Yeah, there are many challenges that are faced. And I tried and I tried. And I'm like, no, but I'm wasting my time. I have to give up. There's nothing wrong with giving up. You will spend in your lifetime until you die, um, you know, trying to pursue something and it just doesn't happen the way. And you can see that it doesn't happen, but you believe in faith and all that. No, I'm a very much of a realistic person. If I see that this is highly impossible, then, you know, that's it. I'll cut it off. I give up. That's it. There's nothing wrong with giving up. So knowing when to give up, that is who now Bodile is. Um, and also, when you realize that, no, I can't give up because this is possible, work your ass off, work hard, work smart also, and make use of your resources, your mm-hmm. capital, your human resources, the people that are around you. Make use of your resources. Um, use those people. Use them. There's nothing wrong with using people. Use them. I'm not saying disregard them. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Use them because everyone has different strengths and different industry perspectives, industry knowledge, and so on. Use those people um, and just be out there. And another last one, last one is being diverse. Don't specialize. Be diverse. Mm because the more diverse you are the more value you have and when you specialize in a diverse set of things that is high valued you are high you're highly valued in society i was looking at the list of uh petrus motipe's um list of you know shares and you know what exactly he's you know the companies that he basically invested in yeah it's a lot from cell phones to health to you know like it's just different things motorsport this like random things that is what I'm talking about when I say specialize in a diverse set of things and just, yeah, just be broad. My brother, you continue mm. to inspire me with your mentality, with your tenacity, with your will to win, but also with your will to listen and learn from other people. And yes. you just continue to be one of those shining lights in my life who I aspire to be like in terms of your work rate in terms of the detail that you put in into all your hustles and ventures and continue to wish you all the best with that. This was a fantastic catch-up session. We don't get to speak that much because, you know, we both, um, you know, got a lot of things going on. But having a conversation with you and I come out with it with different perspectives 
with different lessons, it's always valuable, as I said, as you said, rather, having a valuable circle and not necessarily the size of it. So, bro, thank you so much for coming on to the GM Podcast Weekly. Definitely coming back here soon. And very soon, I want to come to you, Jay, because I'm going to be starting to record live podcasts around campus at Vits. So I'd love to come to you, Jay, one time. Maybe you can record there. But for today, thank you so much, bro. Um, much love. You continue to inspire me. And wow, what a conversation. Bless up, bro. No, it's really an honor to, to, to have been featured on, on the podcast, especially, you know, listening to your podcast. And now, like, I'm actually in it. I'm featured in one, you know, in an episode. Um, no, thank you very much. Um, it is truly an honor. And it's, you know, it's, it's like crazy how also you've evolved as, you know, this, this, the, the person that you are currently. I mean, you've always been a very insightful person, you know, always had like that knowledge and that ability to really, you know, expand your, your thinking and to express your ideas and so on. And you continuing to do so. Like, uh, yeah, you know, thank you very much for it. Um, I just want to leave our listeners with a quote, actually, since we were, sp- we were speaking about Robert Greene, right? Oh, yeah, let's and go. It sort of relates, to, sort of relates to, 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 to what I said earlier. Well, just now. Um, and it goes by, true genius in strategy or anywhere lies in self-con- self-control, self-mastery, presence of mind, and fluidity of thought. Hmm. Please repeat that one more time. So, true genius in strategy or anywhere lies in self-control, self-mastery, presence of mind, and fluidity of thought. Hmm. Fuck. I'll be thinking about that. My brother, (laughs) thank you so much for that insight that you've given us throughout this whole podcast. And wow. Where can we get you on your socials? Uh, where can people connect um, with you? Okay, so <laughs> on LinkedIn, I'm going to start off with LinkedIn. That is the most important social media for me. I love I mean, that. I don't really, you know, connect, yeah. Um, because I'm not really much of like, you know, those influencers and stuff. I don't really depend on Instagram. Um, so on LinkedIn, it's Neopodile. Um, it's Neopodile. And then you'll just see what the profile there, UJ. Um, I'm enrolled, Bachelor's of Arts in Strategic Communications and Marketing business analyst so on that's my whole profile on, on linkedin and then on instagram um it's a, it's a private account but nonetheless um i'll just try to accept um it's now uh podile so it's now full stop podile um p-o-d-i-l-e a lot of people struggle with pronouncing yeah and then yeah that's those are the two main social medias i don't have facebook um or any other uh Okay, I do have Twitter, but I don't engage much in it because yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of toxic. Yeah, yeah, it's toxic. It's a fucking shithole. I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't really like um, um, Twitter that much. Hence, I'm not really in it. So, yeah. Brother, thank you so much. When you're doing the most, you go to some things. Sometimes I just feel like you're losing your place. But these are the things that go through on a day. You just gotta move on and you just had to face it. Solving the problem and never erase it. They go check on your flows, but they never replace it. They're ignoring my tests, but they know I'm amazing. At the top of my meet, I go tell them you hate it. Now and again, a young nigga be patient.